0: Welcome to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Right now, we're working our way quite slowly through the book of 1 Peter, taking kind of long drinks of this incredibly uh, nourishing, incredibly thirst-quenching letter that peter has written to these elect exiles in order to comfort them in their faith we're up to verse 5 which says who by god's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time obviously we need to set this in some context so let's broaden this sound i'll read several verses beginning in verse 3 then i'll pray for us and make a few comments on verse 5 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word and we ask that you would strengthen us even now that I may speak and we all may hear according to your spirit and his power. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, we've covered the context of this situation. These elect exiles have been booted from their home by order of the emperor and sent off to the far nether regions of the Roman Empire, probably to start or to help start or to be the labor for starting a new city that would be part of the Roman Empire that probably had some strategic uh, some strategic role in the far reaches of the empire and establishing the Roman presence there. And so as they have been sent off, they've probably lost everything. And there are real questions about how they are going to live and, and what their future is going to look like and all of these kinds of things. And Peter is writing to them to remind them that their current situation in the world doesn't really speak in any way at all to their standing before God. In fact, their standing before God is so certain that they can look on that and rest in that and know the truth of their standing before God because of the finished work of Christ. And so process life in this world in light of their standing with God rather than the other way around. For that reason, this is a good letter for us to look at. So often we are tempted to process our relationship with God in light of our circumstance in this world rather than how we should, processing our circumstances in this world in light of our relationship with God. And so that's what Peter gets into today in verse 5. He's told them that God, according to his mercy, has caused them to be born again And they were born again to two things, a living hope and this imperishable, undefiled, unfading inheritance that is being kept for them. But then Peter adds, uh, as clarification, it is being kept for you, verse 5, what we're looking at today, it is being kept for you who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. There's a number of kind of exegetically significant things here that provide us great comfort as we learn to process our lives and whatever suffering we face in this world. Peter wrote this to help the elect exiles face suffering, and so there's particular application for us in the same, in the same areas of life. First of all, he tells them that the people that I'm talking about that have this inheritance are those who are being guarded, past tense, or, or passive voice. They're not guarding themselves. They're not keeping themselves. They are being guarded. They are the ones being protected. They are the treasure that the, that the guards make sure nothing can touch. We, we need to recognize that this is our standing before God. He doesn't expect us to keep ourselves, to guard ourselves. Rather, as we read here, we are being guarded, past tense. And so this raises the question, what, what are we being guarded by or who are we being guarded by? For what purpose? To what end? How long? All of those kinds of questions. Will there come a time when us being guarded ceases and we have to take up things on our own. Well, the next three prepositional phrases that we find in this text help us understand that. The first one comes before being guarded, actually, reminding us that we are being guarded by God's power or by the power of God. We have here both the instrument and the agent announced. You, Christian, are being guarded by the power of God. It it is his power that keeps you. His instrument is his power. The agent here is God. This seems basic, but it's important for us to unpack that and, and dwell on that and meditate on that in our lives. What is it that you face? What is it that you struggle with? Is it greater than the agency of God and the instrument of his power? This is why Paul can so confidently say nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because there is nothing more powerful, there is nothing greater than God and he is working by his power to keep us. So nothing will separate us. Not tribulation, not persecution, not famine, not sword, nothing. This is the confidence that we have as we face the struggles of this life. This is the confidence that we have as we face suffering that it is nothing less than the very power of God that keeps us. How does he keep us? Well, the, the means is the next prepositional phrase we have, through faith. He works faith in us. He teaches us to trust him. He teaches us to acknowledge his power. He teaches us to see that all that we need is provided for us in Christ. He teaches us to see and believe and accept by faith that which is true about us. It is God who works faith in us in order that we may believe and rest in our being kept by Him according to His power. Then he adds the, the end or the goal or, or, or the, the you know, how long is it that we're being kept until the ESV says for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. It's probably a temporal prepositional phrase. How long are we kept? Well, until salvation is revealed in the last times, until the very end, until God brings all of this to fruition, until his plan of redemption in all of its fullness is finally complete. He keeps us until then. That's the goal of him keeping us. And he will not stop short of that. This salvation that he speaks of here, we often hear salvation only in terms of kind of forgiveness of sin, and that is certainly entailed here, but there's actually a broader idea of salvation that is being dealt with here. Remember, the elect exiles, they're facing all kinds of suffering. They're living in the same broken world that we live in right now, and they're looking at this broken world wondering what gives, how long is this going to go on, how long is this going to last? Well, God answers that for them. It's going to go on until the end of time, but I will keep you until then. There there won't be any situation in which my keeping you somehow comes up short. That won't happen. I will keep you to the very end. I will keep you until the salvation, until everything is made right, and you are finally delivered from the suffering of this present broken world. I will keep you until then. Again, we go back to Paul's incredibly bold statement, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not famine, not sword, not nakedness, not danger, not principalities, not authorities, not powers, nothing. God will keep us to the very end. On this we can count, and in this we can rest, and because of this we have hope. See, this is what Peter wants these elect exiles to know. This is what I want you to know, that you will be kept, that you cannot look at your circumstances and need not look at your circumstances and wonder, oh man, has God given up on me? Has he stopped keeping me? If you are his child, the answer to that question most assuredly is no, he has not. I don't know all that you face, I don't know all that is before you day to day or week to week or things that are coming up that are difficult. I don't know the pain that you have in your life. I don't know the suffering that you deal with. But no matter what it is, what I can say to you with all confidence is that if you are in Christ, it is God who is keeping you by His power through the faith that He works in you. And he will continue keeping you until all things are made right and you as an heir together with Christ are brought in to the fully consummated kingdom of glory where all the sad things have come untrue where all things have been set right where redemption in its fullest is seen where sin and suffering and death and tears have all been vanquished and we dwell in in the glory of the new creation forever. Your circumstances, your suffering will not undo that. And so this teaches us how we are to face life. Karen Jobes writes, The Christians to whom Peter writes participate in the eschatological kingdom whose fullness is still future by allowing their present life of faith in God to be informed and energized by the unseen reality into which they have been reborn. Their self-understanding and resulting conduct are no longer to be shaped primarily by their society and culture, and hence they belong no longer solely to the society and culture in which they reside, but to the society and culture of God's kingdom. In other words, what Peter is inviting them and us to do is to live in the present in light of the eschatological glorious future that we have in Christ Jesus. As I said at the beginning, we are often tempted to get this backwards, to process our future in light of the present. The gospel calls us to do exactly the opposite, to process and understand the life that we live now in this world in light of the future for which God by his power is keeping us. We live now in the present in light of the future that is ours in Christ Jesus. And so, we can rest and hope even in the face of suffering. May you do just that. May the Spirit of Christ work in you in such a way that you can rest even now. Christ be with you. Amen.